Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Hamaser with you as always. We are ready for week nine. By the time this drops, I guess the Thursday night game will already be played, and that's going to be more than likely a stinker. Kurt, what's up, buddy? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I don't, I don't know how to feel, though, about us entering the midway point because I don't want football to be over. It feels like we're flying through this, but you know, I've enjoyed every step of the way and just so thankful that we have football this year. I can drink to that. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like the season flies by really quick. You know, it feels like it was just yesterday, week one was here, and ESPN was showing that commercial with that song in the background saying, uh, it's all coming back to me now. They're, they're still playing that commercial. At least yeah, no, it's... Lynch. You know that one? That it's like a Dorito. I hate drink. that. Yeah, no, I loved it when it came out. It's <laughs> We're nine I'm weeks in, and I'm still seeing yeah. it. We're ready yeah. for game day. Okay, that's enough. Uh, move, move along, Emily. I'm sure they have a plethora of other commercials that they can pull I'm off. sure I can agree with that as well. So um, while it is the halfway point of the year, we can hand out our, our midseason awards. Um, so how are we going to do this? We're going to do our midseason MVP. Anybody that's not a quarterback, because we know a quarterback's going to win it. Let's, let's, think, let's give some – The choice is pretty easy who's going to win at, at, at this very moment. Yeah, gonna, yeah. So. And I would agree with that. So we'll do a player who's not a quarterback who would be the midseason MVP – uh, we'll do rookie of the year, and then we'll do coach of the year. So, if you want to start it off, Kurt, who is your midseason MVP? Midseason MVP, like I said, I think the easy choice, unless there is a colossal downfall, I think it's Russell Wilson. I think that's what everybody can agree on here. But we're picking non-quarterbacks, and I got to go with the guy who is maybe one of the scariest men in the league, and that's Mr. Aaron Donald, number 99 for the Los Angeles Rams. He is – I don't even want to say quietly because, you know, how can you sleep on him? But eight games, nine sacks, three forced fumbles. I mean, it, what he does on a week-to-week basis, it blows my mind how strong this guy is, how dominant he is on that defensive line. Teams will put two, three guys on him, and he'll still find a way to break through. I mean, he is the cornerstone of that defense, maybe of the whole team, even though he doesn't step foot on the offensive side of the field. But 
I mean, the Rams are number one in the league in total defense. They're number two in the pass defense and number four in the run defense. So, I mean, a big part of that is Aaron Donald. I think the Rams are going to be really good this year. I think they're going to finish strong, and he's going to be, be a big part of that. I just – I'm nine sacks in eight games. It's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, he's on pace for a very, very good year. So, I think, you know, if it wasn't Russell Wilson, if he wasn't doing his thing, Aaron Donald would be my uh, midseason MVP so far. Aaron Donald, a top 10 defensive lineman to you all time. He is for me. I think so, yes. And, I mean, by the end of his career, I can only imagine what his stats are going to be. Yeah, I can definitely second that. Mine's going to surprise you. So, offensively, I would have gone with Dalvin Cook because without him, the Vikings are a winless football team right now. I mean, he's just, even the games that he's missed, he's still second in the league in rushing. He's doing incredible things right now for that offense. Had four touchdowns against Green Bay last week. Um, he is the focal point of that offense. Um, I'm going to surprise you a little bit. I'm going to show some love to Kendall Fuller in Washington. Wow. Um, okay. He leads the NFL in interceptions. He has emerged as a very, very good cornerback. You can probably make the argument he's, he's crept into the top five conversation. I mean, yeah. he's done extremely well. He was kind of creeping toward that uh, a little bit last year. I think he's kind of taken that leap. Um, Washington's defense is very good. You know, we give their front, their front seven a lot of love because it's full of very young talent that's going to be there for a long time. Uh, the secondary hasn't really gotten a lot of love. You know, Washington doesn't get a lot of attention. So um, I'm not saying he's a better quarterback than Aaron Donald is, uh, you know, a defensive lineman. Um, but I think Kendall Fuller deserves some love. So if, if it were offense, I'd go Dalvin Cook. If it were defense, I'd look toward the way of Kendall Fuller because he's really helped that Washington team. I know that they're two and five, but that's definitely not to the fault of him. So hmm. I like what they're doing over there in terms of defense in Washington. Okay, that, that does surprise me a little bit, but that's somebody that you know we we got to show some love for these for these guys that might be on a, in a bad situation on a bad team, but they're having a great year. So yeah, Kendall Fuller is a good pick. I, I I you know I will I will be honest. I do not think a lot about Kendall Fuller when we talk about these podcasts when we when we watch games. Exactly, Kendall Fuller yeah. is not really on my mind too much, but. <laughs> That's a good pick. I like that one. Um, all right, so you got Kendall Fuller. I got Aaron Donald as my uh, midseason MVP here. We'll move to Rookie of the Year. Um, I don't know. Did you go – are we doing non-quarterbacks here? Because I did a non-quarterback. You know what? I I think that, you know, if if we're picking quarterbacks, which, again, it's more than likely going to be either Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, right. I'm going to take Joe Burrow simply because he's doing – what he's doing with a lot less. I mean, the defense hasn't been very good. He hasn't had a lot of offensive protection. I mean, numbers-wise, Justin Herbert's been playing out of his mind. And he, I'm not saying Justin Herbert's bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's going to be good for a long time. But what Joe Burrow's done, you know, I like – I don't know, it's a lot of the eye test for me. I think that yeah. Joe Burrow's just the better player. Um, if we're going non-quarterback, my guy Chase Claypool's having a hell of a year. Mm, yeah, um, okay. You know, he's the complete package. You know, you know how I felt. I wanted J.K. Dobbins to be a Steeler throughout the entirety of the offseason more than anything. I know you did. He was on the board, and they take Chase Claypool. And, uh, you know, I'm very glad they did because he is a deep threat. He's a threat in the red zone to run the ball. Um, I think he's got seven touchdowns this year. Um, I'd have to go back and double check. That's bad journalism on my part. But either way, no, he's, he's been insane. He's done wonders for that offense. Um, you know, if it's not Chase Claypool, Justin Jefferson's another guy that you can look toward because he's been having a phenomenal year as well alongside Adam Thielen in Minnesota. But uh, it might be a little bit of a hometown bias. That's fine. But, uh, no, Chase Claypool's been phenomenal. You'll, you'd be surprised that I stayed away from any of my Bills players in these, these picks here. <laughs> I stayed away from that. So, um, But I, I went – you know, I, I think I'd have to agree with you that Joe Burrow 
at this point, yes, he, he's rookie of the year. He deserves it, absolutely. I want to go off the rails and do it. Well, not off the rails, but, you know, other, something other than quarterback here. You mentioned it, Justin Jefferson. I mean, this guy comes in. Uh, he was the pick that, that the Vikings got from the Bills for Stephon Diggs. And, I mean, you really can't say one team won the trade and one team didn't because both mm-hmm. guys are having a phenomenal year with their new teams. Um, but Justin Jefferson, seven games, 31 catches, 563 yards. Uh, I mean, right now he's sitting 14th in the league, but if you if you look at it, he's only 20 yards behind Julio Jones, who's in the top 10. So Justin Jefferson's having a great year with three touchdowns. So, I mean, I'm a little surprised by this, you know, with Adam Thielen still there. I thought Adam Thielen would have a bigger year. I thought he'd kind of be the guy in Minnesota, but Justin Jefferson's coming up to be a potential superstar wide receiver in this league. And I think, you know, if, if he ever finds his way to have a different quarterback other than Kirk Cousins, he might he might see those numbers uh, rise even more. But you can't look past Justin Jefferson right now when you're looking at that rookie class, which is very surprising with the amount of wide receivers that came out of this draft. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. You know, out of all, you know, the focus was all on, you know, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb. Justin Jefferson's been better than all of them. So, mm-hmm. no, uh, he definitely deserves all the love there. Um it took him a little bit to get really going. I can't remember. I think it was against Tennessee where he really had that big game, yep. had that long touchdown. So, no, um, Justin Jefferson deserves all the love. Um, I, he's played, I will he's say played phenomenal. I will say this. I'm a little disappointed in the play of uh, Jerry Judy this year. Yes, you know, the, the quarterback situation hasn't been ideal for him. But, right. I mean, coming out, I thought this guy would be lighting up the leagues and the scoreboard. And, I mean, he's, he's put together a nice year for a rookie, but nothing, you know, compared to Justin Jefferson or even a Chase Claypool, really. I mean, he's he's just kind of a middle-of-the-pack kind of wide receiver guy. He's not coming up. I thought he would step up huge when Cortland Sutton went down and he would be the number one in Denver. But, you know, like I said, having, having a decent year, but not lighting it up by any means. Yeah, I, mean, I think you mentioned it, though. I mean, he was dealing with quarterback play of Brett Rippon for a little bit without Drew Locke. They were going, it was kind of a little bit of a quarterback mess there for a little bit. So I'm not going to put that all on Jerry Judy. Even with Brett Rippon, I mean, the game against the Jets, he absolutely mossed. Yeah. Uh, who the hell was that? That was the cornerback who had – he had the two picks, but he also got beat like three times, and his name is escaping me right now. It's not Pierre Desir, is it? It might be. Hang on. Let me uh... – Let's pull up the Jets roster real quick. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull up the, uh, the, the catch that he actually had. Okay. Um... That's a good idea because I'm genuinely interested in who that is. I don't I'm think it – I'm watching the video right now. Okay. Ripon goes back, throws deep. Wow, this is a bomb, too. Yeah, it was. Uh, 36. Who's that? 35 or 36? Is that – All right. This year, isn't it? I'm going to check right now. I'm we, gonna probably, pe- we probably should have done this before the show, but – No, it's okay. Fans love listening to us look up things on the fly. It's, it's what we do here at Lace. We're working on the fly. We do not edit out any mistakes that we have, so – No, uh, we really don't. This, that's what makes it great. All right, come on. 35 or 36, you said? Yeah, I think there's – Still looking. Still it's looking. It's got to be – Yes, it, it was Pierre Desir. I was right. Desir. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, that, yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it, look it up. I mean, Ripon kind of – it was like a – 40-yard throw down to the end zone, and he just goes up and picks it over his head and then just trots into the end zone. It's pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Yeah. So who's who's the Lakers owner that said that about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Oh, yeah. I, don't remember, I don't remember his name. Is it Steve Bartman? He, That's the not, bald no. guy. I don't know. No, Steve Bartman's the guy who caught the, the foul ball for the 
in the Cubs game in 2003. Wrong we guy. Just, we are just a mess today. We need to get back on track. All right. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, hey, who did you say your rookie of the year was? I said Chase Claypool. Yeah, Chase Claypool. I'll give it to okay. Chase Claypool. All right, well, then we'll move over to coach of the year. And uh, I kind of have a feeling I know where you're leaning. Uh, I'm going to guess that it's Mike Tomlin. Am I right? I mean, can it be anybody else other than Mike Tomlin? No, that, that's who I had, too. I have Mike Tomlin, but I do have an honorable mention. It's not Okay, that's happen. fine. Do your honorable mention first. It's, it's not really going to happen because of, you know, the actual success on the field. Can you give me – okay, I'm going to guess because you guessed mine. Is it Ron Rivera? Yes, it is. Ah! I mean, this guy, he, while he's fighting cancer, while he's kicking cancer's ass and beating it – Got his coaching, last chemo treatment. Exactly. He is coaching an NFL team day in and day out. He's putting in the long hours. I mean – I can only imagine what this guy is going through. Like I said, he's probably not going to win the award just because, you know, Washington's not having a great year. But, I mean, props to you, Ron Rivera. That's a hell of a story for, for him. And they're still only a game and a half out of first place in the NFC East. So, anything could happen. Yes. No, no, I definitely like that pick um, solely because of what you just said. I mean, coaching while fighting cancer, had his last chemo treatment, uh, nothing but respect and love for Ron Rivera. Um, but it's got to be Mike Tomlin, right? I mean, I don't think yes. there's – I was very much on the train that Mike Tomlin was – I after the Jacksonville playoff game, I was one of the ones saying, move on from Tomlin, let's, let's start something new. Mm-hmm. And what he did last year with three quarterbacks, two of them that will never start for another team again, mm-hmm. getting them to eight and eight, having them at eight and five, and if they win one more game, they're in the playoffs – um that was remarkable so no ben comes back everyone's still kind of questioning things and they've been phenomenal um so mike tomlin deserves all the credit in the world uh for how they they've really just been successful this season what blows my mind is he is he going is this his 14th season or 13th i think he's this is his his first season was in 07 so this will be his 14th okay it blows my mind that he's been coaching 13 full seasons and he's never had a losing record. Never. Yeah. He's, he's been eight and eight, but that's about it. He's never had a losing record. And that is just unreal. I mean, coming from a bills fan, all I've known is losing seasons. So I am extremely jealous of Mike Tomlin and Steelers fans because you go 13 full seasons of never going, you know, losing seven games and, or winning seven games and that's it. That's very impressive. So, I mean, yeah, I think Mike Tomlin is definitely right now, unless something terrible happens, I think Mike Tomlin is definitely the coach of the year. And if you really want to crap your pants, they haven't had a losing season since Ben Roethlisberger's been there. Last losing season was 10 and three, or 2003 going six and 10. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. rubbing that in. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just a, an NFL history buff. I figured <laughs> that you'd enjoy yes. that stat. So, all right. There's... So we've, we've done MVP, we've done rookie of the year, we've done coach of the year. Now we're going to predict our dream Super Bowl. Maybe not what we think is going to happen. Maybe not, you know, the realistic, but our dream Super Bowl for this year. The most fun matchup because, honestly, the past two Super Bowls, eh, they haven't been, you know, the historic big stories. Like, maybe the last big one was Atlanta, New England. But, I mean, Rams, New England was boring. You know, Chiefs, Chiefs 49ers was a good game, but it, what, 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 
exact moment kind of stuck out to you where it's like, oh my god, you that remember? long. I think that long Tyreek Hill catch was kind okay. of the defining moment of that game, yeah. and the narrative of Andy Reid finally getting one. I think that was kind of you, but, know, you the, know the, the bigger not, story. I get what you're saying, though. It's not up there as as one of the top Super Bowls. No, no, or anything. So. It's been a little while. So we were we were spoiled for a while, which is consistently we really good. I mean, Super Bowl forty was solid. I mean, with the with Bill Cowher finally getting his. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl forty one was Peyton Manning finally getting his first ring. And then of course Super Bowl forty two with the helmet catch and Tyree. Super Bowl forty three, yeah. the Larry Fitzgerald touchdown, and then the San Antonio Holmes catch. And then uh forty four, Drew Brees gets his first ring. Super Bowl 45, Aaron Rodgers gets his first ring yep. in a really good game. So, no, we were spoiled for a while with just five to six really, really good Super Bowls in a row. Which is why I think we're due for another another real good one here this year. So, my dream Super Bowl, how can you, you know, two best quarterbacks in the league, Chiefs, Seahawks, what would be better than that? Just an offensive explosion, not a defensive battle, not one where it's going to be 14 to 10. It might be – 34-33 by the end of the game, and these quarterbacks are going to be going down to the wire. I want to see it. I want to see Patrick Mahomes against Russell Wilson. I want to see DK Metcalf. I want to see all of it, and I want to be all up in it. I think that would be my dream Super Bowl. No, I, I agree with that. Um, that was going to be mine, but since I figured you were going to say that, <laughs> there's plenty of options that oh, yeah, we have this yeah. year that could be really good. We could get whether – if it's Chiefs-Packers, we get Aaron Rodgers yeah. against Patrick Mahomes. That would be incredible. If we get Big Ben versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with those two, cool. re- those two really good defenses, two yeah. offenses that are full of young, really good players, I think that would be really fun. Um, so there's a lot of options here. I mean, as a Steelers fan, I would love to see the Steelers against whoever the hell comes out. Hmm. Um, now, before the season for our Pro Football Network predictions, I said Steelers-Seahawks. So I'm starting to feel rematch. really confident about that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Rematch of Super Bowl 40. Okay. How – oh, my God. How just poetic would it be <laughs> if Ben comes back, they beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, he rides into the sunset into retirement after beating the team in his final Super Bowl ring that he beat in his first Super Bowl win. Wow. I think I think it would be incredible. It'd so, bring a tear to my eyes, I think. It would bring a thousand tears. Every tear in my body would come down my face when that man walks away. But, um, yeah, it, my dream circumstance would be that if they – if it's Steelers-Seahawks, the Steelers win, Ben – rides off into the sunset honestly if they win it this year i think i would like to see him do that because he's not getting another one if, if they do right. I, I think that this is kind of if he does get a next one i hope he decides to call it quits or even if he doesn't that's fine we have a bridge guy for a year after they draft somebody but yeah now there's quite a few different ones that would be very fun to watch um even in the nfc playoffs i mean we'll, we'll get either brady rogers again we'll get uh brady wilson we'll get rogers wilson i mean it's going to be we're going to get at least one really good quarterback matchup throughout the NFC playoffs. And then, um, yeah, whoever comes out of the NFC and the AFC, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think that when we look at both sides, I think there's, I think there's really only two AFC teams that are real contenders. I think it's Steelers chiefs. One of the two of them are coming out. I don't see anybody else coming out of the AFC. I could see green Bay coming out. I could see Tampa Bay coming out. I could see Seattle coming out. Um, So I think we've got five teams that, for me, realistically, we'll get there. For uh, for all my my Bills fans that are listening, my dream scenario really would be the Bills in there. But for the sake of not always talking about my Bills, I, I changed it up. But yes, of course, it would be Bills versus whoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, these playoffs, especially with the expanded playoffs now, I mean, 
you mentioned it. The, the quarterback matchups are just going to be so fun to watch this year. We got 14 teams that are going that are going to be going into the playoffs, and I'm already looking forward to it. Even though I don't want regular season to be over with, but I, I got I got my 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 seven for each division here or each conference here that are, that are going to make it in. So if you want to run through some some playoff predictions midway through the season, I would love that. How fun would it be if we got like a Browns and Lions Super Bowl out of all this? Just that, that would be that'd be 2020. That'd be the that would be yeah random asinine thing that would come out of 2020 i think if the lions and the browns made it to the super bowl i can definitely agree with that but yeah i'm definitely okay with running through some some playoff teams right now so um let's start with the afc who are your seven that you have making it we can go let's start with four division winners so you can give me your top four all right i got the steelers chiefs those are the two obvious i think the bills are an obvious for that division too i mean depending on who you ask they're the obvious any any dolphins fan might say hey 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 hold, hold yeah up. yeah so I got those three, and I got the Colts winning their division. I, I like the Colts in the in the the second leg of the stretch here. I still, you know, I have the Titans making the playoffs, but I think the Colts might take that division, and I think it might come down down to the last week. Um, so I got Steelers, Chiefs, Bills, Colts, and I got Ravens, Titans, and my last uh, my seventh team there might surprise you, but I think the Dolphins might be. Uh, oh uh, Lord. On, on their way, and I think they might have a strong second half of the year here. If you look at their schedule, it's really – I think they got their hardest games out of their way in the first half. You know, I was actually doing the same thing, you know, looking obviously at schedules to see who's going to end up where. Miami does have a favorable schedule. Um, now, it's going to depend on Tua. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find out a lot about him this week against Arizona, which we'll get into yep. in a little bit. But – let me just what, let me run through the schedule. Yeah, run through. Yeah, quick. run through what you're what you're thinking with me right so now. So they just beat the Rams, which I didn't think was going to happen. And that's coming. They already had their bye. They had their bye. Then they beat the Rams. They go Arizona. They play the Chargers. They play Denver. They play the Jets. They play Cincinnati. Those are four very winnable games in a row. There. Then they play Kansas City, New England, Las Vegas, and then they finish the year against Buffalo. So I mean, what you can write off Kansas City? That's a loss. I think, you know, Vegas and Miami, week 16, that could be for a wild card spot there. That could be, yeah. Teams that and, are right in the thick of it. And I like Miami's defense a lot better than I like Vegas' defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, I but can like definitely get said, behind it, that. But like you said, it comes down to Tua, definitely. No, it definitely does come down to Tua. Um, I'll tell you right now, if things keep going the way that I'm going to pick the Bengals to beat the Dolphins, you know how high I am on these Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I mean, they're 4-3 and three right now. There's no reason why they could – uh, with a seven seed right now, they could make it at eight and eight. Yeah. So, um, no, they're definitely going to be in the running. They're the ninth seed right now. They're behind Vegas and Cleveland right now. So I think Cleveland drops off. I do. I mean, you do. Okay. Let's, I, all right. I we'll, think they'll be, I think they'll be right on the edge. I think they'll definitely right. be in the talks of the last week, but I think they, they fall off just a little bit and they, they just can't quite make it in. Okay. Well, here, I'll take you through mine because my right. top, all right, my top four, I think, are the exact same as yours. I got Pittsburgh, Kansas City. I got Indianapolis as the three, though. I just like their de- – Buffalo's defense and offense got to show me something soon. Yep. And then maybe they'll climb back into that third spot. But I like the Colts a lot. Uh, defensively, they're really good. Offensively, Phillips seems to be kind of getting into a rhythm. Yep. So, um, I- I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and take – I'm going to take the Colts to win the AFC South, and I think they'll be the three seed. I'll have Buffalo staying at the four. I mean, they're six and two right now. I don't think Miami's going to catch them. So, I'll take the Bills at the four. And then this is where it gets hard for me to do because I think Baltimore, Baltimore will be in Tennessee 
Tennessee will be in. It comes down to those three. I mean, Cleveland, yeah. Vegas, and Miami is who it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just saw Vegas beat Cleveland, albeit in a very weather-impacted game. Mm-hmm. Um, if it comes down to coaching, you know, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Baltimore at the five. I'll put Tennessee at the six, and I think I'm gonna keep Cleveland in there. Honestly, though, yeah. I think finally they get the seven. So. My seven as of right now would be Pittsburgh getting the bye and then Chiefs, Colts, Bills, the rest of the division winners, Baltimore, Tennessee, Cleveland so we're, as the we're remaining. Similar ones. there. I mean, I have yeah. you got the you got the Browns in there. So pretty similar, but I mean NFC is a little different. NFC is yeah. kind of still up in the air a little bit. Uh, if we want to run through that quick. Yeah. I got the Seahawks number one. I think, you know, who's stopping that offense really? Um, maybe, I mean, I, I think the Packers might be a better overall team, but they're not going to put up the points that the Seahawks are. So I have the right. Packers at number two, Buccaneers at three, and it pains me, but I have the Eagles at four because I don't think anybody <laughs> from that division should be allowed to win that division. Uh, so I have Seahawks, Packers, Bucks, Eagles. I think the Buccaneers take that division. They do play the Saints this week, which will be a good matchup. But then, you know, the five through seven, it's kind of up in the air, but I got the, the Rams in there at number five. I like them a lot. Their division is just so tough that I don't think that they're getting out of it um, without a wild card. So I got Rams at five. I know you don't love it, but I have the Saints at six, and I feel like that might change in a couple weeks. I feel like it definitely will change. But as of right now, I got the Saints at six. I have the Cardinals at seven. I got the Cardinals sneaking in with a wild card. Like, same thing with the Rams. I mean, their division is very, very tough. But Kyler Murray is, you know – he, he, he's in the talks for a top five for, for an MVP uh, season because he's just playing great. That offense is great. Mm-hmm. The defense is somehow playing really well. I didn't think they would. Um, so I got them sneaking in. I, I kind of like the Cardinals as a wild card team. So I have Seahawks, Packers, Bucks, Eagles, Rams, Saints, Cardinals. All right. So I'm going to stick with Seattle being the number one, although I could definitely see Tampa Bay taking it. I'm going to keep Tampa Bay at two, though. I like their defense better than Green Bay's. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going to keep Green Bay at number three. I'm also going to put Philadelphia at number four just because in this division, I mean, you get a game and a half lead. It doesn't seem like anybody's going to blow it because they're right. all so bad. So even if Philadelphia loses, everybody else is going to lose, too. So um, they'll be the four because that's how it's set up for some reason. Um, and then after that, I like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Arizona number five. You know, I, wow. I like them. Offensively, I get that Sean McVay and the Rams are just so dynamic. And they, they're probably a little bit better on defense, too. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, with Kyler Murray coming in, DeAndre Hopkins looking really well. I, I hope they start using Isaiah Simmons more because he just made the play of his life yeah. a few weeks ago against Seattle. So, um, I don't know. I think they've shown me more as well in terms of the teams that they've beaten, you know, the Rams have yet to really beat a quality opponent. I mean, they've beaten the NFC East and who, who's their other win against? For the Rams? Yeah, here, let me pull up their schedule real quick, actually, because they've beaten everybody in the NFC East. And then they had one other game that they won that was not against an NFC East opponent as it loads in. They beat the drumroll Bears. Okay, so they right. haven't beaten yep. anybody good. So, um, you know, their schedule... I mean, we look down the list. They got Seattle this week. There's a loss. They got at Tampa Bay. That's probably a loss. They're at five and four. They'll beat the 49ers to get six and four. At Arizona is going to be a big one December 6th. Yeah. So, um, and after that, it gets a little bit easier. They get Patriots, Jets back to back, but then they end the season at Seattle and then Arizona again. So, 
Um, way, correction: Rams are on a bye this week. They have the Seattle next week. Just so you're not, you don't get confused here. There. Oh yeah, my bad. Yeah. So, whoops. So yeah, they'll get Seattle next week, and then. So I mean, they've got two hard games back to back. The three of their next four games aren't easy. I mean, they go on the road twice to Tampa Bay and Arizona. I think at best they split with the Cardinals, um, but I still think they'll be around, you know, a nine and seven team and get in. I'm going to put the Saints number six, too, just because they're going to keep winning, but they are n- by no means a Super Bowl team to me. I think, I think they're a one and done. I, I yeah, no, I agree. Over. Well, in this scenario, I mean, they'd be the six, so they would be facing the number three team, which would, for me either be Green Bay or Tampa Bay. They're not going to beat either one of no. them. So, yeah, they'll, be, they'll very much be a one and done in the playoffs. Um, so I have them at the six. Um, and then I, know the who, seven, I know who your seven is. You know who my seven is? Is it Detroit? It can't be Detroit because I still got to keep the Rams in. Because ah, that's right. Okay. okay. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Detroit's still going to be good, but Matthew Stafford isn't playing this week. They're not right. going to win that. And right now, every game matters for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look at who they're behind right now. They're behind the 49ers. That's doable. They're mm-hmm. behind the Bears. That's doable. Um, but they're going to drop to three and five this week. Um, you know what? You might make me question my, my own rankings on the flight because I forgot you, to play the Vikings. You can't you can't pick them over the Rams I though. Can. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but I don't know if it'll be if it'll be well, right by the end of the year. Well, let's take a look at their schedule too. So they're going to be three and five after this week because they're playing the Vikings without Matthew Stafford. So that's a huge blow to them. Now, it's not quite official yet. Now, if Matthew Stafford tests negative the day of the game, he's allowed to play. Um, and if they find out all the close contact things and whatnot, I'm not going to pretend I know what goes on in that, but either way, there's a way he plays Sunday. Um, so we'll see if he plays Sunday, I think they're four and four. So for the benefit of the doubt, we'll just kind of go back and forth with it. So let's say they're three and five, they'll beat Washington to be four and five. They're better than Carolina. They'll be five and five. They can beat Houston to be six and five. Oh my goodness, Kurt. They (laughs) could do it. Don't do it. They go to Chicago, which I think they get some redemption. They go on a little bit of a hot streak. So let's say, let's say they're hovering at around six. I lost my place. So we'll say three and five after this week. Four and five, five and five, six and five. Let's say they're seven and five after Chicago. They'll lose to Green Bay again. I think they'll beat Tennessee. They're eight and six. They'll lose to Tampa Bay, eight and seven. They beat the Vikings, nine and seven. The Detroit Lions are the number seven seed in the NFC. You got a, you got a lot of faith in this Lions team. You, you had them going on a, a hot streak there. I got, you got a, a lot, lot of faith, of faith. In, in in Matt Patricia there too. Ah crap! You're yeah, right. you forgot he's the head coach, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> That's my best case scenario. Now the Rams are the better team. They'll probably get in. I would love Detroit to get in because you know yeah. I love Detroit. But um, there's a chance I'll say that. I think that it's still very doable to go. All those games that I said. I mean. They're better than the Vikings. They're not going to win this week if Stafford doesn't play. But they're better than Washington. They're better than the Panthers. They're better than the Texans. They can win all three of those and get back to 500 and see if they can make a push at it. Um, so, yeah, I think 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven is very doable. Um, we'll have to get our buddy Benjamin Raven back on to <laughs> have him listen to my theory. He'd, he'd be calling you crazy right now. I'd be getting a job at MLive if, <laughs> if I presented that, I think. So, um, no, it's doable, but – if we're being realistic, the Rams will probably get that seven seed in the NFC. So as much as I would like for it to happen, I don't think it will. So my playoff teams in the NFC, uh, I'll give Seattle that number one seed. I think for our top four in each conference, we're pretty similar. Yeah. Um, so I'll go Seattle, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Philadelphia. I think those all stay the same. 
Um, and then five is Arizona, six is New Orleans, seven is Los Angeles. Seven Rams and Buccaneers. That could be a fun, that could be a fun wild card that, game. That would be a good game to watch. I would like that. I would enjoy that. And um, then we get Eagles Cardinals <laughs> in Philadelphia, which I think the Cardinals would run away with. I, I I would think whoever the Eagles play in the playoffs, it's going to be an ugly game and probably a game that I don't want to watch, but I still will because I love playoff football. I'm not going to complain about any sort of football. We were stuck with ping pong for two months. So that's true. That is true. Yeah. Well, we, hey, we got, we got week nine. We, we just did all our, all our mid season uh, awards and, and predictions here, but how about we, uh, how about we get into a little bit of week nine here? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, obviously the game tonight, I don't think we want to focus on that too much. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of COVID tests are leaving a lot of players out. I think Green Bay is going to kind of run away with that one. So I think we can kind of write that one off as a Green Bay so. win. I think, so, uh, I think one game, one game that I want to watch that I'm a little interested in is that Miami and Arizona yeah. game. Two young, really fun to watch quarterbacks. Two surprisingly good defenses this year, and that's a big game. If you know, we were talking about it, if they want to make a playoff push, whoever wins that game is set up real nice for the for the yeah. second half of this year. Yeah, no, I think like we said already, this is going to define. I don't want to say define; it's only a second start, but it's going to tell us a lot about Tua. Yep. So um, I, we know who Kyler Murray is. We know what that offense is. They're very good. Chase Edmonds is kind of emerges their number one back. They still got Kenyon Drake somewhere back there, I guess. But he's, um, he's hurt, I believe. I think he's yeah, on was, IR for Yeah, I was gonna say he's been yeah, I was gonna say he was hurt. I don't know when they were getting him back. But um yeah, Chase Edmonds has kind of emerged as a capable go to guy out of the backfield. Um Christian Kirk, friend of the show. Uh Andy Isabel has kind of been, you know, a solid third option. So I love their offense. Um I think it's kind of a, a tale of two teams there because I'm not a big fan of Miami's offense, but I like their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona's offense has improved, but I like Miami's defense better than theirs. So it'll be yeah. a fun game to watch. Unfortunately, that's when the Steelers Cowboys will be on. So I'll have to put it on my other TV uh, to be watching it. But um, uh, what a what a game that's going to be! Steelers Cowboys. Did did they? I don't announce, even. I don't know did, if they announced who's going to be a starting quarterback. Is it, did they announce Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert? I, or? I think they're still going back and forth. They haven't made an announcement mm. yet. But I don't want to brag too much about that game because I feel scared that somehow they'll lose. No. So it, it, oh my gosh! If if the Steelers lose to the Dallas Cowboys this week, I I don't know what I would do, but I would do something crazy because that is that would be maybe one of the biggest biggest losses in the past I don't know five years a seven and zero team against a two and sixteen that would probably be be zero and eight. If if the Steelers lose to the Cowboys, I'll get Ezekiel Elliott's face tattooed on my ass. No, you have not... you have to get the the Zeke uh, feed me tattoo on your stomach. Oh, I don't want that. No, I think I'd be more comfortable <laughs> with the ass have a <laughs> Okay. Yeah, All no. right, you heard it. Anybody what, listening can uh, write that down. Well, here's the thing. One person would see the butt tattoo. Mm, fair, you know what fair. I mean? So everybody would see. Uh, I wouldn't ever go to the beach again <laughs> with that. So I don't blame you. That's the thing. I don't want to get too confident about this, even though all the signs point to the Steelers massacring them. Yes. But um, Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush is going to be, is going to be playing. They haven't been able to run the ball. Steelers are going to sell out against the run, and Ezekiel Elliott's not going to be effective. They're going to make Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush beat them in the pass game. <sighs> Defensively, they're very good. Offensively, they're, they're going to be able to pick on the Cowboys' defense because everybody does. Um, 
So I need a, I need a little fantasy advice from this game. I we we don't really talk too much fantasy on this podcast, but okay, you have, I have Amari Cooper, and he hasn't really done a whole lot for me this year. Yeah, I wouldn't start him in your lineup. I don't think I want to start him, but hang on, let me pull up my team because I don't really know other options to fill him in with. So hang on, let me let me pull this up real quick. Uh, I forget which league it is in because I'm in four leagues for some reason. Why did anybody let me do that? <laughs> Not in that one. Oh, I didn't get this would be a perfect time if we had a sponsor to start going off and rattling off something, but unfortunately that is not the case yet. So if truly wants to sponsor okay. us, if they're I, listening to this podcast. <laughs> I got it. No worries. Okay, so right now I have Amari Cooper in my flex. He's projected okay. to get 10.3, but I have LaVisca Chanel on my bench who's playing okay. Uh, I have Mike Williams on my bench. Uh, there you go, Las- Mike Williams. You just answered your own question. Put Mike Williams. They play Las Vegas. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But then I have Naheem Hines who plays Baltimore. He put up 21 points last week. I don't know. I I, I guess Mike Williams would be my best option there. But No, Mike Williams would 1,000% be your best option. They're going up against the defense that allows the most, fa- the most fantasy points for quarterbacks since week four. But then again, Mike or Michael Thomas is, is – right now he's in my active roster and he's probably not going to play, so – I don't know. This roster is in shambles. Two of my leagues are good this year. Two of my leagues are not. But that was that. That's the extent of our fantasy talk for this show. Yeah, we don't do that here. Football. Yeah, we don't do that here. So sorry if you were expecting that. Um, back to the Steelers Cowboys. That's a thirteen and a half point line to open. Mm. So mm. I think yeah. I would. I think I would take the Steelers in that. I think I would. I'm not betting. I I don't bet. I bet them once this year, and that was against Tennessee to because they were underdogs, and I was like, "There's no way in hell they're not yep. going to cover that." So I I took that, but um, no, they should win. It shouldn't be close. I'm horrified that they're going to do what they always do: get a big first half lead, take their foot off the gas. Cooper Rush will throw a touchdown pass, and it'll be hmm. you know a lead that's cut a little bit. So I'm not going to brag too much. I'm going to hope they win and. Uh, and it's rather convincing, but um, I want to focus on your Buffalo Bills because that's one of the bigger games of the week. Yes, yes, it is. It it is, and it scares me a lot. It scares <laughs> me a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I you know, I think if any time, if there's a time to say, hey, we're legit, we're we're playoff contenders, we can win this division, we're a legit threat in this league. This is the game to do it. Even. I'm not even going to say they have to win this game to prove something. Make it close. If you can go toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson and that offense, if you can put up 30 points on, on the Seattle defense, which you should be able to, if you can, you know, you got you to gotta keep along with, with Russell Wilson, though. That's the only problem. You can't let them go up by two touchdowns because they're just going to keep scoring touchdowns. That's what they do best this year. So just keep it close. Make it an interesting game. Don't get embarrassed. That's all I ask. This defense – has shown its flaws in many ways this year, and I really hope that Russell Wilson does not exploit them. So would a win for you in this situation be they're down 31-23 last drive of the game, and they don't convert a fourth down, and that's how the game ends. They lose by eight. One possession. No, because I've seen that way too many times. I need it like okay. a, within like a field goal. I need within maybe five points, something that you can – Maybe, you know, you have to get a stop on defense, which I feel like it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to you have to stop Russ <laughs> on third down, third and third and eight, and they're going to not be able to stop him. That's just my, my PTSD of my Buffalo Bills for my entire <laughs> life coming back. But this team, this team is talented. This team is very talented, the Buffalo Bills. And they, we saw it the first four weeks. The first four weeks, that they, they, 
the offense was getting off the field so fast because they were scoring so fast, the defense was dog tired. And I want that offense back. And this is the week to do it because Seattle's defense is not good. Uh, Jamal Adams yeah. is coming back this week. But other than him, they they are seriously lacking some defensive help. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see how they do because, I mean, I've been very much defenders of the Buffalo Bills all season long. Mm-hmm. And the past couple of weeks, they've made it very hard to do that. So, um <laughs> I want to see them do well. I want to see them put up points. They need to, they need to score, yes. Yes. especially against Russell Wilson in this offense. So if it is, if it does come down to that, I'm going to expect it to be high scoring. So a 31, 27, a 34, 30 type situation is what I would expect from this. So over um, under 55, I would take the over. I think so. So no, I'm hope I'm being hopeful for the bills, but Seattle is traditionally good in that one o'clock window traveling mm. to the East coast. So, We'll Russell Wilson has never – he's never played in Buffalo before. Last time he – Really? Last time the Bills, quote, hosted them, it was in Toronto in uh, 2012. Oh, so, yeah, wonderful. he's never never played in Buffalo before. So, there's some there's some history tidbit for you. Why don't you look at that? We're full of history here. He said, he said the only time he's ever been in Buffalo is when he went on a pre-draft visit in 2012. And uh, the Bills drafted TJ Graham, wide receiver, over Russell Wilson. But – I'm not going to harp on that. Let's talk about Ravens-Colts. Go. <laughs> um, this is – look, I said it on – against the spread yesterday. I filled in for my buddy Chris Smith over at Pro Football Network, so you can give that a listen. Um, the Steelers have given everybody a blueprint. The Chiefs have given everybody a blueprint. The Titans gave everybody a blueprint. How you beat the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You sell out against the run. You make Lamar throw. The Colts have one of the best defenses in football. If they do just that, if they make Lamar Jackson throw the ball – if they can get a even a seven to nine point lead, carry that into the fourth quarter where they have to throw the ball to win, they can they can win. They can get to six and two. Um, so it's going to be. I don't want to say this is another marquee big time game because I don't think anybody's really taking the Colts as serious as all the other contenders right now. Um, but it's still a good football team. They're still sitting at five and two. They're going to be in contention to win their division. Um, they got the Ravens got to go on the road. They got to make something happen. Um, and if Lamar has another stinker in which they need him to come back and win and they don't do it, the talking is just going to get that much louder mm-hmm. about that he can't win against good teams. So, um, like I said, multiple teams have shown you how to beat Baltimore. You sell out against the run. Now, Pittsburgh, their blueprint was a little bit different because Baltimore ran all over them, but they turned the ball over a lot too. So there's another way to do it. You can let them run down the field as much as you want, as long as you take it away from them at some point. So um, now I want to see how the Colts are in terms of takeaways, because that would benefit them a lot as we pull up our stat tracker here, because if they can take the ball away, then that plays another hand even more. What they need to do, they need a time of possessions key here, because the less that the Ravens have the ball offensively to run all over you, the better. So mm-hmm. let's take a look at defensive stats and let's go to turnovers um, and see where the Colts rank among the league leaders in terms of takeaways. Um, because throughout the year, they've been statistically one of the best defenses in football. For a while, they were the number one defense. So yep. um, as we go over to total takeaways, the Indianapolis Colts, drum roll, please. I wish, I wish we had sound effects. We need to look into that <laughs> very soon. Um, I'm looking Colts, at it right now. Okay, they're tied for third in the league in takeaways with 12. So, right yeah. there. There you go. If they can get – I'll set the number. If they can get two takeaways this game, I think mm-hmm. they win. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. 
I think I think that's the key. I mean, it this Baltimore defense is not easy to go up against, and I'm interested to see how Philip Rivers can do it because it's not like you know he's not he's not a a young buck like he used to where he could move around in the pocket if he needs to, but. Yeah, they're going to be sending pressure. They have the guys to do it where they can, you know, do cover zero, cover one on this on this team, and they're just going to send the house and say, "Phillips, let's see what you got." So, if they can get the run game going, get Jonathan Taylor going, maybe you know, get Zach Pascal going a little bit here. I, <laughs> I think they could get. I think they could get the win. But like you said, I mean, the the Colts defense just needs to keep playing as as good as they are and shut down Lamar because if he's if he's not running. He's he's an average quarterback. He's not a good quarterback when he has to throw the ball, when he has to win by throwing the ball. So, like you said, the the Colts have the game plan here, and I kind of I trust Frank Reich in this situation here. Yeah, no, I really do too. Um, Indianapolis number one in the league in interceptions as well with eleven. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. if it comes down to a situation where the Ravens have to throw the ball, Indianapolis is more than capable of taking it away from them. So, yes. if I think there's three keys for Indianapolis run the ball, hold the ball for a while. If when they do throw, it's got to be quick because you know, they're going to send pressure after Phillip rivers, who's about as mobile as a statue. <laughs> so, you know, it's got to be snap, catch, throw. I mean, it's got to be quick. So the deep, I don't think the deep passing game is really going to be an effect for them this game. So it's got to be a lot of quick routes and um, you know, six to seven yard gains that just nibble away at the drive rather than trying to, you know, eat 20 yards. So, they're capable of doing it. They have the defense to do it. It's just, they got to protect the ball. They got to run the ball. Um, and I think that they can. So that's going to be a fun game to watch in that one o'clock window. Yeah. That, that's, that's going to be one of the top games of the week. I mean, there's, there's some ugly games this week. Not, not going to lie. We love, we love any football, any kind yeah. of football, but Patriots, Jets, I mean, Giants, Washington, Broncos, Falcons, even Texans. Broncos, Jaguars, Falcons, I mean, Broncos, Falcons could be fun. Because here's a, here, here's a little when bit I, more. When I think of both those teams, I don't think of, wow, that's a fun team to watch. No, 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 no. I don't either, and I don't blame you. But I think Denver very much has the advantage in this game for a few reasons. One, the Falcons come in, four-point favorites. It's dropped down to three and a half. Falcons have yet to cover a spread at home. They're 0-4 and covering at home on the year. The mm-hmm. Broncos have covered every spread on the road this year. They're 3-0 and in covering. So um, that tells you it's going to be a really close game if that's the case. Um you know, people look at Denver's record, they're going to write them off because what the hell is Denver's record, actually? I think they've got, what, two they're or three, three wins? Four. Yeah, so they're three and four. That's not horrible. I mean, that's an average football team. Their defense has been okay. Um, offensively, Drew Locke's coming back. Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler have been playing really well. No offense there. Uh, they got to figure out what's happening with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. I don't really know what's going on there, but Philip Lindsay had a nice game last week. So, no, I'm definitely giving advantage Denver here. I think they win outright um, and go to four and four. And maybe they start you know, a little, a little streak of trying to make a push for a wild card spot. But Atlanta's a dumpster fire. They'll put up points. It'll be a high scoring game, but yeah. defensively they're horrible. So I would expect a high score, you know, 35, 31 game. It'd be fun to watch. So um, and we've got a, we've got a few games that are going to be exciting in the one o'clock window. The four o'clock window is going to be boring. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, the Chargers Raiders game might be okay. You know, that that's a divisional game. Okay. Those, games, those games are usually close. I like, I mean, I just like watching Justin Herbert this year, but Raiders are putting together a nice little season that could, like we were talking about earlier, they could they could be a wild card team, and this is a big game for them. I mean, and I, if you remember, before the season even started, we were doing our divisional matchups or our uh, divisional picks 
And I said, watch out for the Raiders. And you, you did. You called me crazy. And I'm not saying that the Raiders are coming for that division title, but I mean, the Raiders have a, a solid team. I don't want to say they're yeah. like a really good team, but they are, they have a solid team. There's not too many, you know, huge holes anywhere on that team. They just have mm-hmm. a, a good team with a, a capable quarterback and a good coach. Defensively, they've got some, some places to fill. Yes, um, yeah. Their front seven isn't very good. They've got a young secondary, which, I mean, they're still building. So, I mean, they've done it through the draft. It's just, you know, a matter of time before they kind of mm-hmm. take that next step. But um, if the Chargers lose this game, I think Anthony Lynn's on a very hot seat. I, I, would, I would say yes. I'd agree with that. So, they'd, be, they'd be two and six then. I mean, that's yeah. – you're, you're not climbing out of that hole. And, I mean, we've talked about it. I think we talked about it on the last show. I mean, the Chargers have been in so many close games. I mean, it seems like we, we keep kind of making excuses for them. But – when do the excuses stop? I mean, these guys got to yep. – they have to pull out these close games. They can't just be, oh, no, we lost another close one, but we're close. But, yeah, know, close is only good in uh, horseshoes, so. Horseshoes and hand grenades and exactly. I guess, nu- and nuclear weapons. <laughs> um, that got dark. I'm sorry. So <laughs> It's all right. I mean, we, have, we have football to look forward to. Just, just that we do. That. What, do you say, what do you say we get to our picks for the week? I think so. That's a, that's a good idea. Right. I'll let you start us off. All right. So I'm 16 and eight. I went three and zero again last week. We both did. So mm-hmm. apparently we're just never going to lose again. Um, so I'm 16 and eight. I'm a game behind Kurt, who is what that would make you 17, 17 and seven. seven. So my first pick of the week, I'm going to do a game that we literally just talked about. Uh, I'm going to take the chargers. <laughs> I'm going to mm-hmm. hope. Um, the Raiders defense has been notorious this year for allowing quarterbacks to go off. Justin Herbert's been notorious for going off since he's gotten the starting job. So um, expect a big day from the Chargers offense. I like their defense better than the Raiders. I'll take them to move to three and five and try to keep their season alive. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the Titans as my first team. Uh, they lost two in a row. They lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Bengals. I don't think they lose three in a row. They're not a great team, but I don't think they're that bad. Uh, they're playing the bears this week. We didn't really talk about this game, but I feel like this might be another boring game just because, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't look at the Bears and I don't think of a dynamic team on offense. They're a very good defensive team, but it, they, they carry the team. So, you know, I, I think the Titans will win this game. I think Ryan Tannehill will get it back, back on track and Derrick Henry will maybe exploit that defense a little bit because the Bears defense has been very stout this year, but they haven't faced a Derrick Henry yet, so it could be the, the Titans week. I don't think they lose three in a row. I hope they do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my second pick of the week, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I think with Drew Locke back, they've got a nice plethora of talent on offense. Defensively, they're okay, um, and you can't say that about Atlanta. They're bad on defense. Um, we don't know what, what Calvin Ridley's going to, what his status is going to be. He's dealing with that foot injury. Um, it's nice for them that they had those extra few days playing on Thursday night last week to you know, get him as healthy as they can. But, um, you know, if he's, if he's limited, then that's just going to allow Denver to really key in on Julio Jones and re- make them go to guys like Hayden Hurst, make them go to a Russell Gage. You know, it's going to be – it would have to be something of that nature. But Atlanta's been horrible at home this year. Denver's been really good on the road. So I'm going to take Denver to get to 4-4 four and four and maybe try to make a little push for a wild card spot. Okay. I was going to pick Denver, but I want to spice it up. I don't, I don't want to have the same picks because I think we did that last week or something. So I'm changing on the fly. I'm going to pick the Cardinals over the Dolphins. We talked about this, how we think it's going to be a close game, how we think it's going to be a fun game. 
but I don't know. I, I, I think I think it's going to be a close game no matter what, but I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. And I think that, you know, as good as the Dolphins' defense has been this year, they got to deal with DeAndre Hopkins. They got to deal with Christian Kirk. I mean, hell, they even have – they still have to deal with Larry Fitzgerald, who just doesn't drop anything. And then oh. Kyler Murray, too. You got you to watch him. He, he can run anywhere with – he runs really weird too. You ever you ever notice that? He runs like Stewie Griffin. <laughs> okay, I've never noticed that, but I guess I, I I can make that parallel. I like that. But, so it's it's a headache to to game plan for these Cardinals, and I think that you know they're they're sitting at five and two. I think they they could move to six and two this week. That would be that would be huge for Arizona. So I'm gonna go with the Cardinals this week. I was also going to take the Cardinals, but since you spiced it up, I'm going to spice mm. it up on the fly as well. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to absolutely demolish the Saints. All right, wait, it's come gonna... on. That was my team that I switched to again, so I'm not it? switching again. We're both going with the Bucs this week. Give, give me your breakdown for that game. <laughs> All right, so we've said it, I've said it a million times. I'm giving Tampa Bay a mulligan for week one. That's mm-hmm. the first time they've ever played a real game with each other. The Saints aren't good. Um, they're, they're a bad five and two. They've got no offensive weapons outside of Michael Thomas who practiced and didn't play last week. Emmanuel Sanders is still hurt. They got no, but it's Alvin Kamara or bust on that offense. Defensively, they're okay. Not great. Tampa Bay, they get Chris Godwin back and now they're adding one of the best receivers of all time in, in Antonio Brown. So I think Tampa Bay by 20, uh, and that's not even a joke. I think they are going to absolutely demolish New Orleans. Okay. I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if they'll win by 20, but uh, I think the Buccaneers will definitely win this game. I mean, you, you said pretty much everything. Saints are dealing with a lot of injuries. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders banged up. Michael Thomas is just one of the weirdest things that's been going on this year with the injuries, with the suspension. I mean, who knows if he'll even step foot on the field with the trade rumors, too, that he had earlier. Drew yeah. Brees, I think, is dealing with an injury. I think even Alvin Kamara is dealing with an injury. So they are just beat up, um, and I think the Buccaneers – give them some some payback for what they did to them week one i can i can agree with that so so what are your three you run through them for me so i uh, remember here all right so my three picks those tampa bay buccaneers i'm gonna take the denver broncos and i'm gonna take the chargers okay i'm gonna take uh the titans over the bears i'm gonna take the buccaneers over the saints i'm gonna take the cardinals over the dolphins I've gone three and zero the past two weeks. I'm sitting at seventeen and seven. So, uh, better hope for a good week and a bad week for me, my friend. I've also had a couple of nice three and zero runs, and I'm sitting a game behind you. So we'll <laughs> see how this week plays out. Um, so, Kurt, let's get to wrapping this up. Where can they find you on Twitter? Everybody can find me uh, on Twitter at Kurt K U R T Hamaser H A U M E S S E R. I got all all the stuff you need, anything you need, bills, football, life. Hit me up there. We'll have some fun. Jared, where can they find you? You can find me, Jay Bailey, NFL, all your betting, all your Steelers, all your NFL content uh, at Jay Bailey NFL. So that is our week nine preview show. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. I hope you uh, hope everybody enjoys their Sunday, enjoys their Monday. And uh, we'll be back here Tuesday. Not sure yet if we'll have a, a guest on. We had Zach Pascal on this week, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we get anybody lined up for, for next week. Yes, yeah, so go Colts this week, go Bears this week, and go Steelers this week. <laughs> and for your sake, I hope the Bills can etch one out and maybe insert themselves as a, as a Super Bowl bubble team. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. I hope so too, my friend. Enjoy your Sunday. Yes, you too. I'm sure we'll talk along the way. Thank you all for listening to us as always. We always appreciate it. For Kurt, I'm Jarrett. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. This has been Laces Out. See ya.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.